Hey, fuckers. So we're back. Um, I told you we might be speaking soon. And my effort to declustered fuck my life in 2023 includes getting back to this here public platform on a regular basis. It's one part of about a billion changes happening around the traumatized motherfuckers community, and we'll see how it all goes. So today, let's dip into our topic of the month for January. Let's talk about loneliness. <laughs> Not something that you need to be educated on, you say? Yeah, I know. We're all right there with you. Loneliness is more prevalent, pervasive, and impenetrable than a cockroach infestation around this PTSD topic, which is ironic if you really think about it. We trauma-brained folks often connect about not having enough connection, and yet despite treating our loneliness through talking about loneliness, we don't always find that we feel lastingly better in the aftermath, right? How many late night social media scrolls on mental health pages have actually made you feel better or more connected versus just confirming that you are also doomed as they are very independently from one another? Which begs the question, what the fuck? What is the right answer then? We can be surrounded by others and yet just as lonely as ever. If human connection doesn't fill the void of human connection, what's the problem? Is there something we're missing when we try to socialize? And therefore, is loneliness as simple as it seems? Is all loneliness the same? Well, nah, fuckers. It turns out there are some specifics about loneliness that we might want to better understand so we can ever escape its cold, clammy, maladaptive, coping-inspiring grip. Because we learned through the literature this month that loneliness is intricately linked to traumas, and in particular, to childhood traumas. Loneliness is relatively stable from childhood into adulthood, meaning if you were a lonely child, you probably don't feel socially fulfilled to this day. Even if circumstances have changed, something inside of you has not. And hang on to that point because we'll be coming back to it. But I would posit that most of us experienced emotional and social isolation as kids, and that sticks with us. We were lonely through the traumas that we endured themselves. Neglect, abandonment, and abuse are unquestionably lonely experiences. Then we're alone in the silence surrounding the events through your social sphere shutting down and shaming the story. And then in the aftermath of those traumas, we're still often lonely when we're in a symptomatic state and left to, to figure out what it all means while having connection issues with people who just don't get it. Loneliness enters our lives early and experimentally, it is shown to 
persist. So I suppose it's no surprise that we also learned that each incidence of trauma actually increases your likelihood of experiencing loneliness by a very significant figure. I'm going to leave that detail to the private podcast stream so we aren't outing anyone's research here, but consider looking at your list of aces and calculating that you have about a 200% chance of loneliness that emerged early in life and has steadily flowed through all your years so far. That uh, explains a whole lot, doesn't it? Well, there's still more to aid that effort. The next thing I want to tell you is loneliness can be experienced in two different ways. So there's social loneliness, which relates to the number of relationships you have, feeling like you're just alone or don't have enough friends, something about your social sphere isn't meeting expectations, or you feel incapable of securing certain social capital. That's social loneliness. And then there's emotional loneliness, which is more so about the quality of the relationships. It's the desire for close and safely vulnerable interpersonal connection. Most of us don't really need more than one to three intimately tethered individuals in our lives, but without those handful of close relationships, we feel emotionally unseen and unsupported alone with our feelings, not only alone physically. Childhood trauma is, of course, big letdown of a surprise, more intimately connected to this intimate, emotional variety of loneliness. We're likely to feel like emotional outcasts in our early environments, and if you're also having flashbacks of people calling you too sensitive, too emotional, too needy as a child, uh, yeah, we're on the same loneliness page. When your family is in the midst of some generational trauma tsunamis and you have the audacity to have emotional needs, you're going to be left out on that open ocean alone at a time when your system developmentally needs exactly what you are lacking. Unfortunately, possibly feeling like a human connection castaway forever after that need is not originally fulfilled. And yes, so part of this is biological. We aren't wired to be alone, especially young in life. But also... It needs to be mentioned that loneliness actually is a perceptual condition. And that means our brains have the ability to get it very wrong and to create self-fulfilling prophecies from our thoughts. So when we assess that we're broken, wrong, and other as little kids, we lay the groundwork for our brains to feel this way forever. We create behaviors that keep us out of the limelight or away from potentially disappointing human experiences, of which there are so many. 
We isolate ourselves for protection and see any social failure as confirmation of our original hypothesis of social unworthiness and destitution. And therefore, we create vicious cycles. Being lonely, assessing that relationships are out of reach for us, editing all of our behaviors to fit that storyline to stay safe, and therefore continuing to be lonely, confirming that it is the only condition we will ever know. Meaning, loneliness is really an assessment of self versus your own expectations for that self. And it has historical roots in childhood that might be creating cognitive distortions into the present day. It's really all about your perspective. Now, on the other hand, we have isolation, which is a different thing altogether, although we don't usually talk about it as such. So let's clear that up. Isolation is an objective point. It is the measurable lack of relationship. There's no question about it. If you're living alone, working alone, and speaking to no one, you are isolated. The thing that I want to harp on is that definite isolation does not necessarily make you lonely. You can be happy as a goddamn clam seeing not a single human being all day, maybe all week, maybe all month, Um, can attest. You might not have a sense of void, lack, scarcity, or fear around relationships when you're alone. You just aren't really on the market for them right now. So there's actually nothing wrong with being alone The terror that comes from feeling alone is the problem. And how does that information feed into the typical trauma experience? Well, I think plenty of us go through periods when we actually don't want social connection all that much, or at least parts of us don't. We realize that we're better off without relational traumas and soap opera-like dramas in our lives. If that's all that's available to us, we just kind of opt out. We also don't want to go back to the fawning, fighting, and flighting times with interpersonal challenges when we're trying to turn a new page. And we have a lot of other things to focus on, like our mental health and post-traumatic growth. So isolation can actually be a catalyst to making positive changes by cutting out the destabilizing factors that regress our progress. Isolation and loneliness are not the same thing, and they do not have the same effects on our psyche. Which brings me to maybe the best news that I've got for you on this topic. Number one, I'm just going to say it again. You don't have to experience loneliness when you're in a relationally shifting time period, such as trauma recovery. You can reframe it as isolation. I prefer the term insulation and save your time, space, and energy for fixing your own life instead of worrying about supporting others, right? 
great. Number two, if you do experience loneliness, well, actually, we found out something that is a little surprising. It's an excellent motivator for post-traumatic growth. That's right. We learned that one of the top mediators indicated for making positive changes after a trauma is loneliness. The other strong influencer of post-traumatic growth was the PTSD symptoms themselves. And this fact is telling us something very important about the experience of loneliness in our post-traumatic worlds. We don't change unless the pain of staying the same exceeds the fear of making those alterations. I'll say it again. We don't change unless the pain of staying the same exceeds the fear of making those alterations. Yeah, so we've all heard of hitting rock bottom. And for a human, that is apparently the condition of loneliness, especially when shaken and poured with mental illness. We also found out that loneliness predicted six very significant psychopathologies. So <laughs> the likelihood of being plagued by inner strife while lacking significant outer connection in life is very good. And altogether, this combination of uncomfortable symptoms and uncomfortable time alone creates a system that we can't stand to live in anymore driving us to make changes. Loneliness can actually be the thing that inspires us to finally investigate our past and decide to strike a new path forward. Without a perceived lack of social and emotional connection, we might just continue stewing in that historical pain and all those patterns instead of vowing to change them. Loneliness is often what inspires us to do better for ourselves, for others, and for the relationships that we could foster. So there's that, a point for loneliness if we have to find one. But the real gold star for me goes to the concept of isolation. Because being alone without experiencing loneliness is really what we're all aiming for in a lot of ways, isn't it? Can you really say that you're recovered or mentally healthy if you can't stand to be with yourself? I say, nah, fuckers. That sounds like reliance on human escapism to mask some internal pain points in my book. And those internal pains might be wrapped up in feeling as lonely as ever while you are actively filling your schedule with social engagements, meaning you can be alone in a room full of people. Because, of course, when we talk about persistent, untreatable loneliness that's continuous from childhood, I would say we're really talking about carrying wounded parts pieces of ourselves that haven't healed fully from the original events that created them. If loneliness influenced that part into existence or has been a major aspect of its experience, well, no amount of social butterflying is going to stitch up that sore in the present. 
unless you go in there with a needle and thread to help close that wound yourself, probably requiring some insulating isolation to do it. And that's where we're going to stop this time, fuckers. Setting the stage to come back and talk about those inner relationship turmoils and how they need to be resolved next time. We're going to be discussing a therapy framework known as IFS and, frankly, breaking it down into less ridiculous language that might actually work for you to help you work with you and all your goddamn lonely parts. Till then, oh, you know, I can't directly fix your loneliness. Satan knows this motherfucker feels it from time to time themselves. But you can use me as a parasocial relationship if you'd like to hang out for the hundreds of hours that I've already recorded. Feel free to have this voice fill the silence when you're in a pinch. Just don't project a real relationship unto me or we get into hot water. I've seen it a lot of times already. I've also got to tell you that the episode submissions coming from the community do a hell of a lot to add connection points to our lives too. We're putting out two to five of those a month on the public stream at this point to expand the conversation and deepen the available connections. Plus, there's that motherfucking Discord available for 24-7 chat support should the isolation ever start to feel like a permanent social vacancy. At the very least, you will be among fuckers who understand. We're all in this together, guys. Non-gendered. Ironically, while feeling like we are all completely alone. And that's my one final cue to remind you that loneliness is just a perception, which might be royally fucking your lifelong perspective about assumed worthiness, acceptability, and capacity for connection. My best advice is don't focus on what loneliness has meant about your relationship to others. Focus on what it's been trying to tell you all along about your relationships within your goddamn self. And we'll pick up from there to work on those lonely internal exiles next time. See you on the airwaves, fuckers. Hail yourself, the antidote to loneliness. Hail Archie, who was the uh, antidote to mine. And cheers, y'all. Bye-bye.